welcome to Pokemon Variety Hour, the show where we're going to talk about a variety of different Pokemon topics. Episode 50, yeah! Yay! The epic epic milestone that nobody cares about because Colo and Penguin didn't show up and Odin and Jinji don't want to be here, but I forced them. And no one watches this show, JK. Lots of people do, I think. I want to hope so. Be optimistic. We Probably get like, not, but who the fuck we, knows? We have uh, Anchor estimates that our audience, like the people who tune in every week and listen, the size of our audience is five people. <laughs> That's not bad. Not bad. No, not bad at all. Five more people as opposed to as opposed to the estimated audience size of the Riley Podcast Mega Feed, which is zero. Uh, I am your host Riley, joined by. My two wonderful co-hosts that actually came, Jinji yeah. and Odin. Hello! Hello, hello. We're here for episode 50. Colo and Penguin are both, like, sad, tired times and couldn't make it. But we still, we love them none the same. Brad, too, oh. but I didn't really invite Brad because today's topic isn't relevant to him. Well. Um... But it's time to get into our show, which means our first segment. What have you been doing in Pokemon? Jinji, what have you been doing in Pokemon? Playing Pokemon Sword for the bit shoot. Played Pokemon Shield, just kind of bullshitting in there. Uh, the other day I hatched a shiny fee pass in Pokemon Go. Woo! That's pretty fancy. Did you ever get back into my Go account? No, I needed to to fix that. Oh. Though um on a unrelated topic, uh Feebass, I don't think I have done anything else. Uh poke oh, scratch that. I uh been playing Pokemon Masters as well. The current um I guess you can call it a summoning banner, since we are all familiar with uh, Dokkan Battle. As uh, the current featured sync pair is Professor Kukui with uh, Midday Lycanroc form. And I did a single summon pull earlier today as of recording, and I managed to pull Professor Kukui and Midday Lycanroc. Lucky. In which I'm ecstatic because I did not know it until a friend of the show, DJ, pointed it out. Kagi, who is the voice of Shaolet in uh, Dragon Ball Legends, voiced Professor Kakui in Pokemon Masters. Hmm. Nice. Which is hella hype. But yeah, it's pretty much me and Pokemon as of late. Waiting for Pokemon. Awesome. Uh, waiting for Pokemon Lane, more like. Um, Odin. Well, Pokemon. Uh, pre- what have you been doing? What, uh, pretty much what I've been doing lately is really just kind of running some of the new raid events. That's really all I've been doing. Um, I've been procrastinating on finishing my breeding for my shiny Delmise, but eh. not a whole lot, to be honest with you been kind of a procrastinating lately. I've been playing a lot of Minecraft. Yeah, 
Yeah, understandable. Um, I personally finally finished the Sword and Shield post game. Got myself a Shield Doggo. I got this after. Pause real quick. Pause real quick. Tenji, I got this. Just back out real quick. I don't want to accidentally hit the spawner. God damn it! You know what, Riley? Don't bitch. I'm not. I don't want to do it today. Don't. Don't bitch. Well, don't talk can, about the can, unrelated we game. Can edit when we're it out. You, we can edit it out. It's fine. Don't complain about it, please. Okay. If I listen back and it's still in, I will continue to complain. But anyway, so yeah, I beat the Swish post game. Oh. I got my shield doggo after. Three attempts, I beat post-game hop. How'd that go for you? Uh, it took three attempts. That's how it went for me. So you got bopped. I got bopped a couple times. Yes. Hop said death. And I said, well, shit. What? It's like, well, shit. <laughs> Well, at least you but, know you um, finally beat the end game, though. You know that's that's that was pretty crucial. Yep, I've got my Zamazenta. Yeah, I've been doing Pokedex hunting. Got myself a bunch of random shit, and my Pokedex is more than halfway done now. It's at like two hundred thirty something. Not bad. Out of four hundred. Yeah. Um, Let's see, um, other than that, I don't think I've done anything, so I think that's it. Oh, all right. It's still not bad. Not bad. I should play, I do want to play trading card game on the Game Boy Color, and I completely forgot that I had actually... Purchased it on the actual real Nintendo eShop, but it is on my 2DS, so I can play it on there. Yeah. So I might play a Pokemon trading card game for the Game Boy Color on my DS at some point. I missed that but game. It's such a cool game. It's, it it's... was so awesome to play. I loved it. It was one of my favorite Pokemon games. Jinji said that he disagrees. Hands down, one of the only reasons I ever even thought about playing the Pokemon card game was because of that game. Yo, so the, I, the the battle theme from that game, underrated classic. Absolutely. Do 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 but yeah, I think that's about it for me. Which means it's time to move into the topic of the episode, which big episode fifty topic is Pokemon Sword and Shield review. We're gonna do an in-depth review of Pokemon Sword and Shield now that all present host in this episode have beaten the game. Because Yay. if you remember, Pokemon Variety Hour was in its uh, temporarily te- temporarily cancelled when Sword and Shield actually came out, so our initial impressions of 
Sword and Shield were on Pixels rather than on this show. Which, by the way, I guess you could go to Pixels Polygons and Fun, episode 69. Episode 69, 69 by the way. Yes, God episode. Pixels Polygons and Fun, episode 69. If you want to hear our initial thoughts on Sword and Shield, like the week they came out. But now it's time for our in-depth thoughts now that we've all beaten the game. Oof. These are going to be some thoughts, man. All right, so I'm very bad at organizing reviews. Uh-huh. So I was going to, I was hoping one of you would perhaps take the wheel as to where the discussion was going to go. That is a, uh, that is a fair request. I'll be honest with you, very fair request. Um, so I guess before we start, um, what do we want to start with for what do we uh? What do we want to look at first? Let's start I mean, with the starters. Okay. So, Genji, uh, what is your first? What is your? First, I'm not trying to hijack your your podcast. I promise. I literally said um, one of you take the wheel. So you've okay, taken the wheel, sure. and I'm happy. <laughs> All right. I just I just wanted to make sure you were aware that I wasn't that I'm not trying to uh, hijack the podcast. Yeah, don't um, worry about it. I literally said, if somebody come, somebody come steal this ship from me. I cannot steer it effectively. Okay, so, um, Gigi, first thoughts and opinions on their uh, their choice for starter design and uh, their mechanics. For I, I do them? like overall the design of the starters. I think they clearly have a theme going with them. Okay. And I do I do appreciate that. What but is the novelty. theme that they have? I'm I'm dumb and stupid, so I don't know the theme. Score bunny being hyper and energetic. Grookey is being a derpy little shit and Sobble just wants to be loved and it's scared and cries all the time. I, I like the designs. I definitely for sure gravitated towards Sobble when I first saw them. I can see that. You see, for me, when I first saw them, when they first got revealed, actually, it went in two stages. I had a thought, and then I had a different thought, and then I went back to the original thought. So when I first saw these starters, it was in a screenshot because I was at school and could not watch the direct. So I went on Discord and said, somebody send me a screenshot of the important, screenshots of the important shit. And I got sent a screenshot of the Galar starters, and just based on the pictures alone and nothing else, I was dead set on Scorebunny. But then I, ac- then I actually watched the direct. And when I watched the direct and saw them in motion... And saw them actually like interact with the world, and I heard their lore. I fell in love with Sobble. Fair enough. But then, as the game was about to come out and stuff was leaking, and we saw the middle and final forms of the Pokemon, I thought that both Grookey and Sobble sort of were a downgrade from the first form. That happens a lot with me for a lot of starters, where I'm like, the first form was better, though. Like, that's not the case always. Like, a lot of Pokemon, even though starters are obviously cute, 
and you want them to stay cute. A lot of them get better with their evolution, like Cyndaquil does, um, Ch- Chikorita kind of does. A lot of them get better with evolutions, but there's an, also a good con- chunk of them that get worse with their evolutions. And I felt that way for Sobble and Grookey. I thought that uh, Thwacky and uh, Rillaboom and um, Rizzle and Inteleon were weaker design-wise than Sobble and Grookey. I think they got their design got weaker. But with Scorbunny, his design got much stronger. I really liked the aesthetic of Cinderace. I even liked the aesthetic of Raboot as like a sort of like ninja. I really liked the aesthetic of the evolutions, and because I really, my first form preference wasn't strong any either way. I loved all three of them. I saw the evolutions, and I'm like, definitely, definitely Scorbunny time. So I ended up picking up Scorbunny. And honestly, I think now that I've seen like all three of them in like super action, Sobble has actually ended up being my least favorite of the three. Like I love them all, but I've I've found a a big love for Grookey that I never had before. Okay. But I am a hashtag bunny boy. And overall, this is a really good set of starters in the first forms, but Grookey and Sobble get weaker as they evolve, design-wise, in my opinion. Alright. So is that pretty much your take on the starters, then? Yeah, that's my take on the starters. They're all good all right. in first form, and then Scorbunny becomes superior. Alright. Genji, what were your thoughts? No, I've always does been Odin's... a fan of most starters. Gingy, hold on, real quick. Does Gingy's does Odin's mic sound like quieter and a little bit robot? Sorry, I was just slightly away from my mic. Okay, yeah, that's better. I just wanted to make sure there was no audio technical issues. Go ahead, Gingy. No, I've always been the type of person to generally like all starters. But I always generally gravitate towards uh, water types. That's just that's just me. That's who, who I gravitate towards. I liked the design of the the Sobble line. I like where they went because you know 007 Spy, and now we have G Max and uh, who legitimately has a fucking sniper. Yeah, I think I think Italian does win the coolest G Max contest. That's fucking awesome, is what it is. But uh, I I like Tarzan Monkey. Krooky, he he has stick. He hit thing with stick. He 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 makes things with stick go, go go boom. He's going to smack you with that stick. I think the moment I fell in love with Grookey much more than I was in love with Grookey before was when the little cutscene plays at the beginning of the game when you actually choose your starters and they all, like, interact with the area around them and each other. I think I felt... No, it was after that when I chose Scorebunny, so obviously Hop chose Grookey. And when I saw Grookey walk up to Hop's Wooloo and give him a little monkey smile... 
I was like, oh. It's like super adorable moment is adorable. It is. It was very adorable. And can we talk about real quick about the uh, the intro cutscene that we had with the starters? It's so good. <sighs> yeah, I love the starter cutscene. Really good personality projecting for these Pokemon. 100%. Okay. Um, I also guess I forgot to ask, how do you guys feel about their mono, like their monotyping? It's nice that we finally went back to that. Cause when was the last time we had honestly pure mono monotyping for the final evolutions out of starters? Gen 2. I guess I guess the more appropriate question on my end is um do you think that they should have done it differently? Do you think they should have given them a dual typing at all? I mean, I can see you do a dual type with them, but cuz I think so for instance, so for me this going to this is going to sound really like dumb. Like um I feel like I feel like Cinderace could have been fire electric for sure. I still feel like even even seeing the design, this is my big hope before we actually knew what Cinderace was, and I still think it could fit. I really wanted fire normal. That's fair. Um, like, uh, I don't know. I just... I don't. I don't know how I felt. I don't know how I felt about their single typing. I'm. I wasn't a big fan of it. I. I wanted more out of it. I really, honestly did. I'm not gonna lie to you. Fair enough. Yeah. I was a fan of the monotyping personally, but that's just me. That's fair. It. It is. It is personal opinion. So that's that's the biggest thing. Got. We got to. It is. It is personal. Um. Well, I guess I should probably throw on my two cents about the uh, starters and how I felt about them. <laughs> um, well, I'm a, I wasn't a really huge fan of Grookey when I saw him. Uh, Sobble, I wasn't really either. Um, it just... it I just had this feeling that Sobble was just kind of meh. Like, all around. And it just wasn't catching my eye at all. Um... Score Bunny was like perfect. Score Bunny took the cake for me. I absolutely loved it. It was a rabbit. It was adorable. Then his second form was just like, oh, sweet. So it's like a chillax ninja in overalls. It's a Kakashi rabbit. It's literally a Kakashi rabbit, and it, it, it makes people smile. Raboot. Yeah. Raboot. So it's good. It really honestly is. These starters are good, um, but they, I mean, they, they definitely, <sighs> I feel like they slacked. I, I feel like Game Freak hardcore slacked with these starters. I really do. Again, personal opinion, 
doesn't mean it's fact, but I, I do I do feel the uh the sense of slack. That's understandable. Yeah. Okay, so like yeah, my... that's our there's our opinions of the starters. Now where where do you want to steer the ship next, Odin? The the, the wheel is in your hands. Okay. So I guess for the next part of this, what we should probably start thinking about more or less is um, character progression. You want to just say story? Or are we going to be super uh, specific? Let's be specific. We've all had the opportunity to play the game. We, ha- we now have the opportunity to be more specific about the game. So character, st- character, uh, character line progression. How do you think each character's grew in the game? Do you think they did good building for them? Do you think they uh, how do you think they did with the characters' growth? So thinking about all the characters that had arcs Hop his arc kind of felt like it could be spaced out a little bit more like his arc was kind of just like I'm depressed because I'm bad at Pokemon and then at the very end of the game he's like I've now realized that I don't have to be good at Pokemon because I want to be a professor I feel like that progression could have been spaced out a little bit more so that it didn't just like come on at the end of the game and that's it. And the rest of the game, he's just like, oh, why aren't I the very best like nobody ever was? That was... To catch them is my real test. <laughs> yes, to train them is his cause. But um, yeah, I think Hop's development was good, but it could have been a little more spaced out. It was a little lackluster because if you think about it, his his character progression was, hey, I am the champion's brother. Watch out. You know, insert rapid arm thrusting towards character towards every character in game. Um it just it felt like it was too much. And it, they delivered very little for how enthusiastic he was about all of it. Yeah, so Hop was kind of rough, but he had he had a good ending. He had a good climax. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not like he it's not like we're saying he was a bad character. Yeah, no, he's he good. Just, he just, he's just wasn't so He just wasn't, you know, good. And they, a bit too I, frequent. The battles with Hop were a bit too excessive. But they were too excessive with you, very black and white. actual growth. Uh, black and white wasn't as excessive as uh, Sword and Shield, and even if they were, I feel like Charon and Bianca were different enough characters that it didn't feel as bad as it does when it's hop every five seconds. Yeah. But as for the other characters that have their progression, Sonya's progression... Was really good. She's a professor's assistant, and then she goes on the quest to research the legendary heroes, and she gets all entangled up in your journey. And then she writes a a book about how you beat the legendary Pokemon, and she becomes a professor because she's smart and shit. It was a good. It was a good character progression. I liked that. Yeah, I really liked Sonya's character, and. The best character development in this game, in my opinion, Marnie. I loved Marnie's character. I wish she had more of a story presence. 
Yeah, I wish it, we had do. more, but what we did have was great. Marnie is one of the best characters in Pokemon, almost. I really love Marnie. We can dress up as Marnie come with the DLC. Hell yeah. And Rose. Uh, we'll so. get to Rose. We'll we'll get to Rose. Believe yeah. me, we will get to Rose. But Rose is, some, Rose is something sketch. But I really liked Marnie and how her character through grew throughout the game. She was your she was like unequivocally your actual fiercest rival. Like they played up Bede, but Bede was obviously playing up himself and he was actually just a bitch. Marnie was actually the most like seemingly threatening presence of the story. <laughs> I like how you put that. He's just a bitch. Um, and I really liked that part near the end of the game where she joins her um her her little fan squad team yell and she cheers for you when you're looking for the uh evil leak guy. That oh, was yes. a really good good moment. I really liked that. Yeah. And yeah, that's Marnie's development. Bede is just discount He's blue an and asshole. silver. He's just discount blue and silver. He tries to be a dickhead rival and I guess he achieves it, but not as good as Blue and Silver did. Like, Bede is passable, but passable is not good enough when compared with the exemplary people he's trying to succeed, which are Blue, Silver, and Gladion, the more, like, edgy, not-your-friend rivals. Yeah. So yeah, Bede is okay, but not very good. And the last character I want to touch on in this sort of character development, because we're not going to touch on villains, because we'll probably do its own section for that. But the last character I want to touch on is the champion of the region, Leon. I was not... Box of fucking rocks. I was not a big fan of Leon for a couple of reasons. One, yes, he is a clueless box of rocks. Two... Charizard, get the fuck out of Galar. Uh, three. Three. Um, he was a little bit too full of himself for my taste. And four. Four. Get Seven. out of my fucking way. You stupid motherfucker. I want to do like the cool protagonist shit. Leave me alone. If we're talking about realism in that sense, it's good that he's like, no, you're doing your journey. You go. go I don't want realism. I don't go to Pokemon looking for realism. I go to Pokemon looking for an adventure where I get to save the world with Pokemon. And escape reality. Yes, I don't want to. I want it to feel like real life where I'm like, man, I want to go do this cool shit. And then an adult in my life is like, nah, let me go do the cool shit. You stay here. You stay here and be helpless. Yeah. Like, it was very satisfying to beat him at the end of the game, because I was like, yeah, that's what you get for getting in my fucking way this whole game. Not letting me do anything fucking interesting and fun and fucking save the world and shit. 
That's what I wanted to do. You're like, no, I'm going to take all the glory. I'm going to fight this random Dynamax Pokemon. I'm going to go investigate this explosion. I'm going to go do all the cool hero protagonist stuff that you should be doing. Because you're the protagonist. But I'm going to do it instead because fuck you. So yeah. But I really did like Leon at the end. Leon redeems himself as a character at the end of the game. I really like his battle. I really like how he's honorable in defeat, even though he's never experienced defeat before. So, like, it's hard to, like, expect how somebody's going to take defeat when they've literally never experienced before. But Leon is very graceful. That must be nice. You know? Never being beaten ever. Yeah, that must be nice. I wonder what that feels like. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's like a uh, like holy shit, where did you come from, and why are you that good? Yeah, I wasn't a huge fan of Leon, and the but the end of the game kind of redeemed him for me. Um, and I guess that's it for characters that got any uh, meaningful development, unless I'm forgetting anybody. I think that's it. Uh, mute Minecraft, please. Whoever has their volume on. Whoopsie. My bad, Z. Yeah, I think that's it for characters. So, Jinji, tell us about how you felt about the character development. I hated Bede. Absolutely fucking hated him. I agree with you in the sense that he's knockoff blue and silver. Don't forget Gladion. I like Gladion. Yeah, I'm saying you like. I'm saying he Gladion fits into that category of really good, like edgy rival rivals that Bead tries to emulate but fails. True, I did like Marnie. Marnie's so good. I don't know. I mean, I wish we had more Marnie in the story. I um, I think I think we could have had Marnie in a little bit more of a dynamic sense. Uh, it was it, it it was it was good. The story was good. It still progressed quite nicely, but I just feel like all the characters only had like slight interest in everything that was going on. And it was very just too passive of a game. Yeah, we'll get to that when we talk about like plot and gameplay. We'll definitely get into more detail about oh, that because I have a lot of things to say. I'm talking, but character wise, yeah, I feel like the characters were too passive in the game. Yeah, that'll come up in general story because the characters are part of that problem. But yeah, but honestly, just real quick, just to share my tiny little head cannon that I hold in my heart. I kind of ship Marnie and player character. I feel like I kind of got that kind of relationship out of her interactions with player with you as a player. Yeah. I I ship it. I ship Marnie X player character. Lol.
I, um, any other characters you want to touch on, Gigi? Not that are coming to mind right now, no. How'd you feel about Sonya? Didn't particularly care for her. Damn. I mean, not trying to talk shit, but I just didn't. Did not feel drawn to her. I felt drawn to her, if you oh, know I what I mean. You did. I've I've gone yeah, on record multiple times saying my literal like if I made a portrait dream girl in my head, redhead glasses, and Sonya literally fits that category and is a cute anime waifu, so I was very attracted to Sonya. Well, I guess I can talk about my feelings on the character uh storyline character uh, progression in the game. Um, very weak. There are some strong points that showed like uh, showed some growth in a, in some kind of aspect, but there was no like major character growth at all. There was um, there was Team Yell, a slight Team Yell character growth. There was some Marnie character growth. Hop stayed this pulsating whiny, whiny kid who um despite how horrible he was at battling managed to complete all the get all the badges and participate in the league challenge. I'm just like he is hopelessly He's hoplessly positive. Uh, <laughs> he, he, he's too optimistic for his own good, in my opinion. So I, I Yeah, Hop I had two it. moods throughout the story. He was either like super like, yeah, we're gonna do this. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, or oh, I'm sad because I'm bad at Pokemon. <laughs> Essentially, it's kind of what it was, wasn't it? I think Marnie and Sonya's character development felt significant enough that I didn't hate the character progression in this game because those two characters uh, picked it up enough for me to be like, oh, the story did have some good character progression for these two. Ah, I gotcha. Yeah. Um, I want to say probably my favorite character progression in the game was... Uh, was definitely a Chairman Rose. I didn't. I didn't really like him, but he definitely had. Let's get into characters. let's get into villains then. So let's talk about let's talk about the evil team, obviously, and also the Chairman Rose, the main villain of the game. So crazy psycho bitch. Crazy psycho bitch. Um, but first, real quick, before we talk about Chairman Rose, we gotta we're talking about the antagonists of the game. So real quick, let's touch on. Team Yell. Um, I thought Team Yell was obnoxious, interesting, like an interesting take on the evil team, like not even being evil almost at all. Like Team Yell, honestly, were just like Pete. They were they were good boys with good intentions, but carried it out in horrible ways. Like they were one bad deed away from being a team flare. 
No, they were nowhere close to Team Flare. Team Flare tried to literally, like, destroy all human life. And Team Yell just was cheering Marnie on. I'm talking about in, like, actions and stuff and what they were doing. Yeah, I guess all so. The, but um... the, Yeah, I mean, like, obviously Team Flare's ideal idea was way worse than what Team Yell's was. But still, at the same time... They Team Flair was also still pretty semi uh, passive about it too, for the most part. The thing about Until Team Yell like, is they were portrayed as like sort of like not even bad people in a lot of cases. Like Team Yell and a couple of cutscene are portrayed as just having good intentions but just being stupid. Like there's one scene in which there's a dreadnought and they're cheering for the dreadnought. But like it's in the way of other of people, yeah. But but they're like, we gotta cheer for this dread now. We gotta give it its. We gotta give it a self confidence boost, yo. But we're like, no, you're blocking our way. You're blocking people's way, so we have to fight you now. Get even though, out. even though you are kind of being good people in a way by being like, yeah, we're gonna cheer on this dread now. But you're just stupid and to, uh, too stupid to understand the consequences. Beyond cheering this dreadnought, yeah. Hey, so, it looks like this dreadnought wants to bite our jugglers out. You can do it. You can do it. Fucking kill us. We want to die. I think the the reveal that Team Yell was just um the gym trainers for that town's gym was like. A shock to me. Uh, Damn. It starts with an L, right? Um. Yes. The city that's Spike Myth. Spike Myth. Spike Myth. There, that's what it was. The city that Marnie's from. That's the only thing that matters about Spike Myth. That's where Marnie's from. Marnie becomes gym leader in the post game. She does. I know. Man, Marnie's so good. I love Marnie. But yeah, um, thoughts on Team Yell? Any more? Are we moving on to... Okay. They were okay. Just obnoxious. Understandable. We don't know any obnoxious people. Wink. Rude. I think, but like, Yo, I think, I think Team Yell is more obnoxious. Trying to make a generic, like, I think Team Yell was their, they were like, they didn't want to make a big evil team. So, like, we're going to make a generic thug team again. And it's hard to make a good generic thug team when you've already reached, like, the literal peak of what you can do with a thug team as characters with Team Skull. Because Team Skull was perfect. That's fair. But yeah, Team Yell, okay, I guess. But obnoxious. Um, and now it's time to talk about Chairman Rose. The the secret big bad. <laughs> and his, her, his bitch assistant. I thought she was fucking crazy. Especially in the fight with her. Though I did like her team. Uh, the fact that she uses a garboder made made me smile. 
GMAX Garboder. Let's fucking go. Yeah, I watched I watched a like two hour review analysis of Sword and Shield by YouTubers Digibro and Best Guy Ever, like yesterday. And they pointed out mm-hmm. that this assistant girls team consists of like three hot girl Pokemon and then a Garbodor. And they suggest that that may perhaps have some sort of allusions to who that character is. That she's a Garboder? That she's like, that she's like, has this like, you know, she's a pretty girl exterior, but she's actually a fucking garbage human. That's pretty fair. I don't think about it that way. At all. Damn. Opening minds today, bringing in them thoughts. Literally. Just get woke here real quick by Riley. Hell yeah, baby. Uh, so but, what um, do we think about the uh, the G-Max mechanic? Hold on. We aren't done talking about Chairman Rose. Oh. I'm done talking about him. You haven't even said I, a single thing about him. I um, I liked him, but I also hated him. I feel like he had good ideas for morals, but it just felt like he, after a certain point in time, he just kind of ignored them. I think the he just went like completely batshit insane, and that was a little weird. Like I know he wants to like stop. The running out of energy, but he's like, we literally have to do it right at this second, right now. Even though it will not affect us for another 10,000 years, we literally have to solve this right at this moment. At this exact moment, we must solve this problem. Yeah, that was problematic. No pun intended. <laughs> also, I did find, I, d- I do think it's an interesting facet that this is the only Probably ever, unless they d- t- turn this into a trend, which would be weird. But this is the only Pokemon game in which the opening speech is done by the Big Bad. That's fair. Oh my god, it the is. The world of Pokemon I mean, speech is done by the Big Bad. Professor Oak being the Big Bad since he sent a three or a ten-year-old out into the wilderness. So Did you say any professor Pokemon. was the Big Bad at that point? That's what I'm saying, yes. Ten-year-olds are fine. Ten-year-olds are adults in the Pokemon world. That's what we've established. But yeah, that's what I... I I do think that was an interesting facet, but other than that, Chairman Rose is just a weird villain. And I wasn't the biggest fan. Sword and Shield... I think a lot of it's like... I think we're kind of just going to get off rails a little bit now because trying to super categorize it is going to make talking a little hard. So just to say, Sword and Shield suffers from not having voice acting much more than any Pokemon game has in the past. That's fair. I I have a sort of like theory in the back of my mind that it was at one point planned because in a lot of the cutscenes the mouths move in such a way that you would think sound would come out. Like, it seems like those cutscenes were supposed to be voiced. 
Hmm. Okay. Okay. So I have a, I have a sneaking suspicion that at one point those cutscenes were going to be voiced, but then they didn't have time because they were crunching development. That's um, you know that's actually a that's a pretty good and honest theory. I'm gonna I'll, I'm gonna give you that one. That that's that's a pretty honest theory. Like I think I would have liked Chairman Rose more as a character if I could hear him. He seems like the he seems like the kind of villain who would be charming in his uh word. Like super suave and stuff. Yes. Absolutely. I agree. Like there I feel so, like there's definitely more to him than uh the game really fully let off. Yeah. So let's go into Jinji's question, which was what do you guys think of We'll just expand it to the Dynamax mechanic in general. So Dynamaxing, G-Maxing. I like Any it. form of maxing. Hmm. I think the mechanic is good. Um, I feel like that if they brought in G-Max in order to take away other certain game mechanics... That people enjoy it, I feel like that was a dumb idea on their part. That is my personal opinion. Yeah. So like megas and Z moves and stuff like that. I feel like if they brought that in to cancel out that so that they gave something else different, I feel like that was completely the wrong reason. Uh, competitive wise, in end game, it was fun. It's good. It's awesome. It opens up new opportunities. I feel like uh, G Max actually is just more useful in competitive than it is in the actual regular game. That is my personal opinion on that. And we'll always stand by that. What about you, Riley? Um. I enjoyed the mechanic for what it was, but I do think that it replacing and not going in tandem with the mechanics from last generation, the last couple generations, Mega Evolutions and Z moves, get those getting replaced with D Max and G Max are kind of underwhelming to me. I don't really like that trade-off. But I mean, Dynamax is cool enough, and G-Max... The G-Max forms are cool, but like at the same time, you could just have a G-Max form except normal size, and then that'd be a Mega Evolution. And we could have Mega Evolutions. Yeah. I think they should just start incorporating it all into one thing. I really, I really do. Definitely, definitely. But yeah, I, th- I think it now I want to kind of turn it into the general gameplay and story category, like the campaign itself. How did it feel? How did you feel about it? And I have some thoughts. I think Pokemon needs to learn balance. Same. Because the thing about them is that it's always either one thing or the other. 
Like in Sun and Moon, they had a super ambitious plot with a lot of cutscenes and a lot of story, which was really cool. But a lot of people were like, "Hey, these cutscenes are too long. It's a little, it's a little hard to go back to. It loses a lot of replayability with all these like crazy cutscenes and shit." So they're mm-hmm. like, "Okay, let's make the plot almost non-existent." Then I feel like that's probably definitely what they did. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, they're like, okay, if they didn't like big old plot, let's do almost no plot. There is a middle ground to be struck there. They have struck it before, but it did not get struck this time. It's, um, the narrative kind of feels flat. There's, I guess the focus on gyms is kind of refreshing, but I feel like there should be more build up to that kind of thing. Definitely. Definitely, definitely. Um, I and there should have been an evil team. Like there should have been a team that was bad. Like my yeah, my my initial idea team. is that like the Lee, I think Chairman Rose and his assistant being a bad guy should have been apparent a little bit earlier in the story. And then at that point, the like the the tough the angrier looking League employees with the sunglasses would have become the evil team. Yeah. Yeah, but this game felt narratively flat and it, and as for like the adventure itself, the gameplay and the terrain, it the Pokemon were vast and plentiful, which I appreciated, but the terrain just didn't feel as memorable or interesting as some other games. Like, a lot of the routes kind of just didn't feel as important. And there weren't any, like... There were only two caves in the whole game. There wasn't a victory road. It felt very minimal. Yeah, it was very, like, streamlined. Nothing special. It didn't feel very, like, dense. And that was to its... To its detriment, I also really didn't like that you couldn't turn the XP share off. Like, it wasn't a problem for me, but I know why it would be a problem. And that's just an easy implementation of a fucking switch in the menu. I have some grievances with Sword and Shield as a game. Yeah. Like, we'll get to... We'll get to the big controversy after we talk about main story and gameplay. But overall, I think it feels kind of flat. Like, it's good, but not great. Yeah. Yeah. They could have done more narratively. I definitely feel that way. And another big complaint, we didn't even bring up the wild area as a gameplay mechanic, is that Loved I'm parroting it. I'm parroting the video I watched yesterday again a little bit, but the wild area and the normal game kind of feel like two different games. Like it feels like when you walk into the wild area, you're walking into a completely different game. And it feels kind of weird in that aspect. There's like a big disconnect. Cause they f- they the wild area and the rest of the game have a completely separate feel. And are kind of like com- completely boxed out from each other, so it doesn't really mesh well. The wild area is really cool; 
And raids are really cool, but the fact that it doesn't flow as well as it could is kind of sour to me. Yeah. Now it's time for Jinji to suck Game Freak's dick, I'm sure. Really? Come to Game Freak's rescue. Go ahead, Jinji. Fuck you mean by that, Riley? I feel like your opinions are gonna be a lot more positive than the ones that I just spouted off and that Odin ahant to. What were you talking about? The national decks? No. Jinji, pay attention. What am I paying attention to? To the podcast. I'm sorry, what? Episode <laughs> 50, everybody. I can bring up our finale again if you want me to. <gasps> I was going to bring that up at the end. I actually have some stuff to say regarding that. But anyway, regardless, what are your thoughts on the gameplay and the story and how everything flows? I love it. Insert blowjob sounds here. I love it. <laughs> wow, now that was a little, uh... Oh, that was <laughs> tell us, tell us what you love about this, about the game. Story I will and let Odin take over for the moment. Um, honestly, the storyline... The story for this game was just very just blah. It was short. It had a lot of shortcomings. Um, seemed very random. They wanted. They gave it in a, a story aspect to it all, but it wasn't a story. It was random events that were happening in places that you were going that didn't quite mesh all the time. It was just a lot of random shit that had one similar kind of goal, distract the player and have you continue on with your, your, your endorsement. That's all it was. Yeah. Um, I just, uh, I've seen better. I've seen better story progression in less quality games from Pokemon themselves. I just, I'm just upset. I'm upset at it. Yeah. Did you got any more to say? Uh, not, not the current moment, no. That's fair. It's kind of hard. Did you wake up? Did you drink a glass of water? But, uh... Um, I guess now, I know, Riley, you want to bring up the elephant in the room. Yeah, or yeah, the elephant in the room is Gen 8 had the Dexit, which is Pokemon has made the decision to cut off the Pokedex, be like, all right, we don't want to animate all the Pokemon. So now we're only going to have the regional decks. 
Yeah. So my thing about that was it doesn't feel in the spirit of Pokemon. And even though it didn't affect my experience personally that much, it left a sour taste in my mouth that made me almost feel guilty for buying the game. Yeah. Because the fact that this game is monetarily successful, Pokemon can be like, oh, foo, all right, we can cut the Pokemon and nobody will care. Great. Because they don't care what people are actually saying because those people are still buying the game and the game is their most successful one yet. So they're like, we don't need all the Pokemon. Fuck all the Pokemon. Yeah. It's say it with me, everybody. I've been saying this a lot, talking about Sword and Shield. A bad precedent. A <laughs> bad precedent. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Dexit is a bad precedent for the future of the franchise. And I am not a fan. <coughs> Now, Jinji, on the other hand, has spoken not only in the defense of Dexit, but I'm pretty sure he said that it's a good thing. So please tell me why you're wrong. Really? Yes. I'm not going to respond to that, because that was, that was hella rude, my dude. Please tell me why you were um, perhaps misguided. I'll, I'll use more no. formal terms. We just had a nice debate on pixels, and now you're gonna do this, mm -hmm. really? Did you don't get sleepy, salty? Just talk about the decks. I can understand the decks being cut to a point, specifically trying to get rid of overpowered and over-centralized Pokemon. Looking at you, Lando T. Big Dick uh, Lando T. Landon back in Galar. Bitch ass is back. So the Dexit problem essentially is going to be going away because now they said that they weren't going to add Pokemon, but clearly, clearly they are. Well, they still aren't going to add all the Pokemon. There's like 400 missing. We don't missing. know that. With the we don't DLC, know that yet. There are going to be 200 missing. Yeah, that's that. still a lot. We can still get a final round of DLC that will add in the missing. I don't think they're going to do another DLC because it seems like Isle of Armor and Crown Tundra are taking as much effort as like a normal Pokemon game would. So I don't think they're going to have time to crank out a third DLC. I think Crown Tundra and Isle of Armor are going to be it, personally. I don't think so, but we never know. <clears throat> you never know. Talk about that for the moment. Pokemon Day, they're going to be revealing a brand new mythical Pokemon that we have never seen before, so that's... <coughs> that's that's going to be exciting. But yeah, even even if they do add all the Pokemon for, for DLC, it is, again, hash, hashtag it, put it in the, all your quotes, all your... Get a bingo, get a get a Pokemon variety hour bingo card, and have this on it. It's a bad precedent because the fact that they can be like, all right, we can continue to have 
crunch development time and not finish our games, and we can just add the rest in later. Why not? Just throw them in later. Just uh, just give it a couple months, then then we'll sh then we'll throw them in. Yeah, I don't know. They 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 have their reasons, I'm sure. So I just want to wait and see what all their reasons are. But the thing is, the thing that makes because <clears throat> Dexit was understandable to a point when you listened to Game Freak and they said that they weren't reusing 3DS models. They claimed that they were not reusing 3DS models, that they tried to and it didn't work, and all the models were completely different. And now people have gone in and proven that they, in fact, did reuse models. So the excuse of they had to completely remodel all the Pokemon isn't valid. They lied. They misled. They said they weren't using the same models as the 3DS, and they were. They reused models. Yeah. So there's no reason why they, if they were reusing models, they couldn't have just, you know, programmed in the rest. If they were they, just they, they reusing the animations from before. They well, yeah, obviously they have to. They have to to make them look good on the Switch. But, like, a lot of, sh a lot of corners were cut. Like, a lot of shit from the 3DS era was reused. Like, literally Hop's animations are completely jacked from how. Oh, absolutely. I fully agree with that. And some of the attack animations just... Lackluster. I think... Did you cut out? I think your mic cut out. No, I, could, no, I did hear him. I don't know if he's... Talking now. I wasn't I wasn't talking, but um Score Bunny oh. Score Bunny kicks when he uses headbutt. Yeah. The fact that they couldn't the fact that they're like, oh, like they started justifying cutting out the national decks by being like, oh, we're gonna put more time into like graphical shit, but the graphics were well looked very good didn't look as good as you'd think it could look on the Switch. Like, Sword and Shield could have looked better if they had yeah. put more time in. And they could have done a lot more with attack animations. Like, people have posted comparisons of how these attack animations are shitty even compared to Pokemon Stadium for the Nintendo 64. Oh, man. Like, they showed moves side by side, like, you know, double kick. When you use double kick in Sword and Shield, your Pokemon just hops. He hops twice. And then in Stadium, it shows a whole ass kick. In, in Sword and Shield, when a Pokemon, when... I don't know how this happened. I think it might have been... Because Blastoise's code is in the game but he isn't officially in the game yet. But I think the video I had seen, somebody genned in a Blastoise, which was already coded into the game, because I think they showed a side-by-side -side comparison of how when Blastoise uses Hydro Pump, it just comes out of, like, his head area. 
when in stadium it actually comes out of his cannons. Yeah, that that's frustrating right there, actually. Like, even Pokemon Stadium had more effort put into the models and attack animations than Sword and Shield. Sword and Shield is a game that suffered from development crunch time, and I think the pressure from Nintendo to put out a Pokemon game every year really is interfering with Pokemon Company's ability to make the best Quality. Pokemon game they could possibly make. Because that wasn't the case early on. Like, the classics everybody loves, like the older ones, they came out, like, two or three years apart. They had time to develop these games, and they came out great. When with Sword and Shield, it's really starting to show that the crunch development time is taking a toll on their ability to make the best possible products. Yeah. Because we're reaching the point where Pokemon is no longer great. It's just good. And in a franchise that's been consistently great since the beginning, accepting good is something that fans shouldn't take sitting down. And the fact that this is already the most successful Pokemon game monetarily means we've already failed at that. We have accepted good, and we'll never get a great Pokemon game again. It's fair. Now, I know Jinji has some dissenting opinions from ours, so we'll let him share his side. I have what? Dissenting opinions. That means the opposite. I think the games are are beautifully well done. I entirely disagree with you that Pokemon is no longer great. It's just good. I, I disagree with you. I don't. I don't believe in that statement. I mean, yeah, you're entitled to your opinion, but it just seems like there are a lot of cut corners that make this game not feel as like magical as it should as a Pokemon game. Like, you can tell aspects of this game were rushed. Yeah. That was my main grievance with Sword and Shield. Like, the baseline, the structure that they built was, like, not bad. It would have been probably better than it was if they had enough time to put into it to fully develop it, make the attack animations look nice, make the graphics look a little nicer, M maybe make sure the trees don't look like they belong on the Super Nintendo. Um, yeah. They are, the, the, the bark graphics were god off. There's better graphics on Minecraft. You right. But yeah, that's my main grievance of Sword and Shield, is that it really feels rushed, and I think that, that Nintendo should lay off the pressure for Game Freak to crap out new Pokemon video game content every single year, because they really need more time to make these games as good as they can be. But 
But Sword and Shield made a million billion dollars, so that's not going to happen. Womp womp. Yeah. So, I think the final question I'll ask here is, where do Sword and Shield rank within your generation rankings? Or what? So we'll start with Jinji, because I'm pretty sure he's definitely going to be the highest of all of us. Jinji, where does Gen 8 fall in your generation rankings? Never mind, Jinji seems to be muted for some reason. Um, Odin? I forgot I was muted. Oh, Top okay. Three. Oh. Top three? Okay. Top three. That's not bad. That's not bad. Odin, where does it fall for you? Um, I have to say probably in my top mm, graphically wise, I guess, and Pokemon available in the game. I want to say probably top four, top five. I mean, it's it kind of depends on what aspect I'm trying to rate it at because we're talking overall, just. Mm-hmm. Overall is definitely probably then just in my top three. Which still isn't that great because Pokemon uh Pokemon Sapphire, Ruby, and Emerald take my number one. Hell well, yeah. Me and you are very opposite there, Odin. That's okay. We can be opposites. We can be opposites, okay. I'm not a very big fan of Gen 3. Gen 3 is at the bottom of my generation rankings. And I think Sword and Shield is third to the bottom for me. I like them because I like every Pokemon game that is not called Ruby, Sapphire, or Emerald. But they're not... They're not great. Like... I think my generation ranking has changed a little bit because I kind of had an epiphany about Gen 5 kind of not... Gen 5 is good, but, like, Gen 5 does not draw me back in. Like, I've always been saying, like, I need to take a critical look back at Black and White. Why haven't I done that yet? Because Black and White is not, doesn't have the replay value to lure me back in. With with contrast to Gen 1, which I've historically ranked below Gen 5, make you, I want to play Gen 1 all the time. I love Gen 1. So I, they're usually... Usually I have Gen 5 right above Gen 1. They've switched now, so I switched them. And now with Gen 8, it goes in between Gen 5 and Gen 1. So I like it better than Gen 3, definitely. And I like it better than Gen 5. But I like Gen 1 and all the other Gens more. That's fair. See, on that note, I think that'll end our Sword and Shield review. You guys have any final thoughts you want to leave us with? Not particularly, no. Jinji's no, real sleepy, I'm... y'all. I can tell. He, he is. He is very sleepy. Jinji is dying. No, it, n- not really that tired, per se. It's just, man, it's been a long day. He's just, he's He's ready to not have to do work. But yeah, um, so I guess at this point, it's time for Gingy's favorite part oh, of the episode. 
Did you forget? Yeah. Well, you better unforget real quick because it's time for you to take it away. Now I'm looking at Taco Dog. I can't stop looking at Taco Dog. Who's that Pokemon? Pokemon. Taco Dog. Okay. Taco Dog. For Pokemon of the episode, I will be reading a Dex entry for you guys. Or would you like to play 15 questions to guess who this Pokemon is? You know what? I was literally just about to say that I was listening to Old Variety Hour and I really did like the questions. So. Okay, so as a refresher, you may ask any kind of question to determine who this Pokemon is. You may not ask what generation it debuted in. You cannot ask about dex entries or dex numbers. Essentially, to, to I don't want to copy verbatim from another Pokemon podcast, but essentially ask questions about the Pokemon as if you were in the Pokemon world itself. I mean, to be fair, Jinji, that doesn't really... I'm not, I'm not trying to fucking decomp- decompress your segment here. But dex numbers do exist in-universe. Well, no, no dex number questions. You have okay. 15 to, to gather. You guys are operating as a team to determine who the Pokemon is, so... Wait, do we have 15 questions together, or is yes, that 15 questions? 15 together. Okay, okay, okay. Is this Pokemon native to the Galar region? No. That's one. You know you know what? Let me let me pull up because I am not fully awake. Okay, so fifteen minus one. You got fourteen left. Odin. Mm. Is the Pokemon dull colored? What do you mean by dull? Odin d- d- Odin d- don't don't do this. <laughs> 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 don't don't ask specific questions like this. Jinji's tired. Ask obvious questions, please. Um, what type is it? No, it's a yes or no question. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, here we go. Um... fucking know to ask um is it a water type no okay riley um is it native to the univer region no Hmm. Just don't. Oh man, it just seems so weird. I don't. I don't know if I like this. 
<laughs> I really You're don't. overthinking it. I am. I just because now I have all these possibilities of how I can answer this. Odin actually struggles with Pokemon of the episode. I think we need to keep this format forever. Because with Dex Entry format, he always gets this so quick. Typically. Um. Shit. Uh, I, I seriously don't. Um, Just ask a question about a Pokemon. I don't know, man. Fuck. Odin, you are way overthinking it. Is it small? I will say yes. <sighs> okay, that's fine, I guess. Does this Pokemon evolve? Yes, it does. It evolves. Oh shit, dude. Um, is it, this Pokemon the electric type? It is not. Oh, that rules out what I was going to guess. Like, immediately. Is this Pokemon native to the Johto region? No. Fuck. How many questions do we have left? Eight. So we've established it is not from the Johto, Galar, or the Unova region. You guys have determined it is not an electric type. Did you ask about water? Yes. I did. Okay, it's, we've determined it is not an electric or a water type, and in it is a small Pokemon. Is it a fairy type? It is not. Wow. We're getting is it somewhere. a grass type? It is a grass type. Is it oh. shaded? I won't count that as one of the questions. No, it is not Shaman. Oh. Shaman doesn't evolve. Oh, shit. You're right. I'm just so tired. Is this Pokemon a first form or a second form? No. Is this Pokemon a first form? It is. It is a base form, yes. Okay. Is it a dual <laughs> type? Shaman? <laughs> <laughs> Is it a dual type? It is not. Fuck. Can it mega? It cannot. Pure grass. Pure grass, it's a small type. Or it's a small type. Pure, gra small. pure grass, small, can, can evolve. evolve. Is it native to the Kanto region? It is not. Oh, fuck.
though, since you have two questions left, I'll give you a bit of a hint. You've narrowed it down to the point to where it can either be potentially be from the Kalos or the Alola region. Uh, is it Bone Sweet? No. Huh. <coughs> Excuse me. Oh, God damn it. It's Chespin, isn't it? Is that going to be... It's, you're on the very last question. Are you sure you want to guess Chespin? It could, it's a base form from Kalos, or from either Kalos or Alola. It's pure grass type. I'm going, and you hate me, so I'm going all in on Chespin. It's either Chespin or Fomantis. Got about Fomantis, too. It could be that, Riley. Are you sure you want to lock in Chespin? Um, I'm going to lock in Chespin. Is that what Odin wants to do? No. You want to give your own guess, Odin? Yeah. I want to say Fomantis, but it's probably Chespin, but I want to say Fomantis because fuck Chespin. Thank you to our three-year-old correspondent. The Pokemon in the episode is National Dex number 650, Chespin, the spicy nut Pokemon. Yep. Of course it is. The reason why I chose Chespin is that my toddler got a uh, uh, a plushie of Chespin today. Burn it. Burn it at the fucking stake. He loves it. it. Kill it with fire. I will not break his heart. Anyway, it's Burn it and give him a Froakie instead. 56 in HP, 61 in attack, 65 in defense, 48 in special attack, 45 in special defense, and 38 speed. As of we know, to our current knowledge, we do not believe that Chessman will be making it into Sword and Shield. Even with the DLCs, we don't know. He very well could be. So No path starters allowed unless you're an overrated fire dragon. We'll see. We'll see about that one. So yeah, that is Pokemon of the episode. Little Cup set. Oh, we got Protect, Sword Stance, Leaf Blade, and uh, what's the fourth one? Stone Edge. 126 HP, 126 in attack, 48 special defense, and put the rest in uh, regular defense. And that is Pokemon of the episode. Okay, guys, so I'm going to be honest. I'm going to level with you all for a second. Uh, host to listener here. I'm sorry for the lack of the final segment in the past few episodes, but you know, our quiz girl hasn't been here, and we always record these super late at night to the point where doing showdown right now would probably kill us, for real, in real life. So, we're just going to skip that segment, hopefully quiz girl will be back. For the, I will try my best to drag her kicking and screaming into episode 52 and actually have a quiz. Because, you know, episode 51 is Gen 4, star, Gen 4 Pokemon. 
Yeah. But now we're here on episode 50. So before we actually end the show, I kind of wanted to do a little bit of a memories, a, a stroll down memory lane for Pokemon Variety Hour. The show that's been going for 50 whole episodes now. 52 if you count bonus episodes. It's a big it's a big milestone, a bit a milestone that perhaps a lot of people thought this show wasn't going to leech because there was a point that this show did end. Before yeah. episode episode 41 is now known as garbage fake finale, but it used to be known as the finale. It was the end, and oh, thank God it was not the end, because, guys, that episode is bad. That episode is hot garbage. Not just garbage, folks. Hot garbage. Oh, and you you weren't part of the show until the revival era, era, but let me just tell you, the, the initial finale for Variety Hour, when I when I left Pixels for a month because I'm a dumb idiot. The initial finale, we recorded it super late at night. And here's what happened. We had all all of our hosts were in attendance. It was me, Jinji, Penguin, Colo, and Brad. Penguin fell asleep about halfway through the episode. Oh, really? Yep. And then Colo also fell asleep. Two of the hosts fell asleep on the last episode. Yeah, it was so that bad. just a, that attests to its quality. Yikes! But yeah, we're at, we're at the point where it's been a long it's been a long time since the dark ages of Pixels Media, and that is a time that I kind of just want to like. The best I can, forget it ever happened, and just move on, keep making the Pixels content you guys love, like Pixels Polygons and Fun, and this show, Pokemon Variety Hour. Just keep on, keep on keeping on with my boys, Ginger, and Colo, and Penguin, and Odin, and Brad. And did I forget anybody? I don't think I forgot um, anybody. Pixels Media for a thousand years. Pixels Media. Pixels Media forever. For all space and time. Nine more seasons, Morty. Nine more seasons. Huh. But yeah, I went on a little bit of a trip down memory lane. I listened to a couple episodes of Variety Hour this past week. Just reminiscing, reminiscing on the times before. And I'm glad that the show is back in full swing. Because I love making Pokemon show. Yeah. Alright, well, thank you all for listening to Pokemon Variety Hour. Now... Jinji, where can they find you and Pixels Media? 
You can find me in my personal Twitter at RagingGingy, uh, Pixels, Polygons, and Funds. The main one, you can find that at PPAF Podcast on Twitter. And also wherever podcasts are found. Yes. Odin, plug yourself. You can find me at BioDensBeard on Twitter. All right. You can find me on Twitter at RileyTweets, on Twitch at twitch.tv slash RileyStreams. You can find me on the MoCast, which is on MoDiggity42 on YouTube, or follow HappyGoodBoy420 on Twitter for links to SoundCloud and BitChute and such. And, um... Brain? Brain? The Riley Podcast Mega Feed, your home of all Riley produced independent podcasts, such as Largest Issue in the Galaxy and the Riley and Ian Movie Review Podcast, can be found on Stitcher or Spotify as the Riley Podcast Mega Feed. All right, that's it for the plugs. We plugged everything. A thousand more years of Pokemon variety out. What? We will. We will pass this down to our kids, who will pass it down to our kids' kids, and it will keep going for eons and eons forever. Mm. And I'm like, and because I'm like two, I'll probably be on for like the next two generations. Whoa. It'll be me and like Jinji and Odin's grandchildren. Is that your is that your goal for the future? I mean, yeah, I'd prefer to live a lot longer than you guys because I'm like ten years younger, but I also have my own fair share of health problems, so probably not. Don't we, don't we all? But thank you all for listening. Here's to another fifty episodes of Pokemon Variety Hour. I've been Riley. Ben Genji. I've been Odin. And we'll see you guys next time for the fourth entry into our Rating All the Pokemon Octology. Bye. Bye.